Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Once again, we have a fantastic guest. It's a new friend I met in Chicago at Podcast Movement. His name is David Cadavi, and he's got so much wise, thoughtful perspective. I've been loving his podcast called Love Your Work, and we got to record this one actually in person in Chicago as he was living here, but now he has since moved to Columbia. So I will miss David, but Columbia will be enriched by him. And I think you will be enriched by him as well because you're going to learn, one, powerful rituals for powerful productivity, two, a handy set of categories to zero in on ideal mind states, and three, approaches for quickly shifting your mind state when that's necessary. So if you want to check out the show notes, the transcript, the links to things mentioned, you'll find that over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep52. Here's a bit about David. David Cadavi is the author of the number 18 Amazon bestselling book, Design for Hackers, Reverse Engineering Beauty, and is the host of the Love Your Work podcast. Prior to writing Design for Hackers, David founded the design departments at two Silicon Valley startups and freelanced for clients such as Odesk, now Upwork, PB Works, and User Voice. David also launched numerous other projects on his own, none of which failed hard enough to be worthy of mention here. Here's David. David, thanks so much for coming here live in the my home and putting up with me as I try to figure out the audio software. Thank you for having me, Pete. I've been enjoying your podcast, Love Your Work, and it was fun hanging out at Podcast Movement, and you got so much stuff to talk about. Could you maybe open us off by telling us a little bit of kind of what's your story and your particular kind of thoughts around cutting out the noise and getting to some focus in your work? Hmm. All right. So story-wise, uh, I used to work in Silicon Valley. I worked for a few different startups as a designer. And then I was blogging all that time. And I was blogging about graphic design or visual design, teaching it to software developers. So like uh, they're already coding this stuff. They might as well know how to design it. So I ended up having a, writing a book called Design for Hackers. And that came out in 2011. And through that process, I started to get really curious with getting my mind in the right state to do certain types of creative work. You know, why was it that I was banging my head against the wall 12 hours a day so I could get like 15 minutes of flow to finally have some good, good writing? So I got really interested in that process. And then I end up getting hooked up with uh, Dan Ariely, who is a behavioral scientist, wrote a book called Predictably Irrational, writes about irrationality, and was co-founding a company called Timeful, which was developing sort of an artificial intelligence calendar. And I ended up advising that company on integrating my own productivity philosophies into this app. and from a designer's perspective as well. And uh, then that company got bought by Google. And so now a lot of those features are showing up in Google Calendar. Right. Like the goals feature you might have seen. That's a time... I, I can't take credit for any of those features. I was really just an advisor. I talked to them once a week for, you know, an hour or so. But yeah, I, I worked on those in, in some capacity. 
Oh, that's fun. That's fun. So tell us, what have you discovered along the way about getting those minutes of flow and, and cutting down the noise and, and making it happen? At the base level, I think of it as that productivity isn't so much about time management as it is about mind management. People like to think, oh, time is our most scarce resource and everybody is very busy, etc. But really, you can, like I said, I was banging my head against the walls 12 hours a day. And then in 15 minutes, I might write thousands of great words. Like, what if I could have just enjoyed the rest of my day and wrote those great words? So I started to really think about, all right, well, how does my brain work? How can I get myself into that flow state and spend the rest of my time in whatever states are necessary to inform that flow state time? An intriguing question. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the base level thing. It's <laughs> like, well, how do I, how can I use my brain as a tool and mindfully get myself into the right mind state. Even there's times where, all right, so the question I'm often asking myself is, all right, what's the work that I need to do? What's the mind state that I'm in? If that mind state that I'm in right now is conducive to a different type of work that I can go ahead and do right now, then maybe I'll just go ahead and do that work. If there's other work that I really need to do, is there something I can do to get myself into that mind state to do that type of work? There might be certain rituals or trigger actions that I can use to get myself into the right mind state. Well, and I think that's a fascinating uh, dichotomy, if that's the right word, there associated with, okay, two choices. I can either do what would be best for my current mind state, or I can shift gears and, and change into another one. So do you have a, a preference or like roughly what portion of the time do you deem it optimal to say, like, you know what, let's change up the agenda. Just do what's feeling great in my brain right now versus yeah. let's kick it in gear and, and do what needs done. Well, I've taken it to another level now where I've been practicing thinking about that so much where now I just pretty much have a system oh. of like, I kind of think of it as, as like a perpetual motion machine, like a perpetual productivity thing that whatever I'm doing at any given time is going to inform and create potential energy to inform another task that I'm going to be doing later. And then they'll all sort of work together in a rhythm and they work with my own biological rhythms. They work with the, the rhythms that exist in our world and so I have it kind of down where like I sort of know what I'm going to be doing if it's Monday morning and, and somebody's like, hey, you want to meet up for a coffee meeting Monday morning? Well, I don't have anything necessarily on my schedule, but no, I'm not going to do a coffee meeting on a Monday morning. Monday morning is the time is very precious creative time for me. Like I, I know what I'm going to be doing at that time. I, don't, I can't necessarily tell you what the project that I'll be working on next Monday morning is going to be, but I know that that is kind of now or never creative time. Okay. Me, just as an example. So you've, you've sort of figured out your unique rhythms that work for you personally. And so I'm thinking here, so how, how do I get me some of that? If I want to, to be kind of sort of tapping into this fun kind of perpetual productive flow mm -hmm. thing you got going on, which sounds very appealing. What should I do? What should be my first steps? So a big part of implementing this is understanding your own behavior and understanding, just like Dan Ariely's work, that understanding that, you, that you're, you have some irrationality. So it can be very easy to give somebody a picture of exactly what their day should look like. But when it comes to actually making their day look like that, you can't just do that overnight. You have to sort of train yourself. So it has to be a bit by bit thing. 
So I think as like a first step, what's valuable is for somebody to pick, even if they can just pick, depends what level you're at, but I think minimum is find one two-hour block in your entire week where you have it blocked off on your calendar and that's where you're going to work on your top priority project. Mm -hmm. And from that, you can build up to having a, a better sense of what mind state you're going to be in at certain times and, and, and how that is conducive to certain work. But I think that that's a good first step. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. And so when we talk about mind states, I imagine that there are perhaps an infinite number of ways we could categorize or classify, label, or name them. But what sort of names, labels, categories do, do you use for yours just so we can maybe recognize ourselves in that a little bit? Yeah, that's great. Uh, that, that's a great observation because, yeah, there's infinite categories, but it's not going to be that useful if you have a, a thousand different right. mind states that you can be in. I find that for me, there is, and hopefully I won't forget any of these, but for me, it is uh, generation, mm. detail, exploration, recharge, and I, I, I'm sure I'm forgetting at least one there, but I can kind of go down the list of that stuff. Generation is sort of the creative work, for, which for me is is flow state work. So, so generation. Let's just take writing as a as an example. Like I lo- I write now. I love writing. Generation is where I'm doing. I might be doing what I call barf draft, where <laughs> I'm just writing right. And if if I come across something where oh well, what was the year that this thing happened, or what was the exact quote? I'm just going to put that in brackets and just write whatever I can think of. Then there's detail, which that's the time when it is time to find out, all right, well, what is the date that that happened? What is that exact quote that somebody used? Mm -hmm. Exploration is the time where I might be, I think I have a problem that a lot of people have, which is that I'm naturally curious about everything. All my interests are always changing. I always want to read a new book about a new subject or something. And it can be very easy to think to yourself, well, Every once in a while, I find I have this serendipitous thing happens and I find something great on Facebook or I find something great reading a book. So because there's a little bit of value, that means that they can do it whenever they want. Mm-hmm. But you can be more intentional about exploration work, which is allowing yourself to follow your curiosities in an intentional way that can lead to serendipitous things happening. Recharge is doing things that you know, like maybe go get a, going and getting a massage, having a date night with your partner, things like that, that uh, help you recharge so you can be more productive uh, later on. So those are just a few of the, the ways that I think about it, these different mind states. Oh, that's handy. I can really relate to them. And I think one extra mind state I'd have, I would just, I don't know what I'd call it, like just cruising or slaying Mini tasks, I, mm. I guess. It's like, all right, Inbox, you have a hundred items. You will have zero when I'm done with you. And it's just like, there's a certain, I don't know, for me, it's like a ferociousness. Like, we're going to just slay. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on the slaying. Yeah. It's going to be like, that time sounds good. Thank you. It's like, and, and then it's like, and if it, they are longer, then well, they are going to end up going somewhere else. Right. Or it's, it's like, we're just going to slice these, these voicemails in terms of what's the most efficient way I can like listen, process, schedule them, what needs to happen to them. So I guess in the David Allen world, getting things done, episode 15, what, what? I'm thinking it's like processing in terms of like, we're doing high volumes of little things. The two minutes or less tasks, yes. right? Uh-huh. I want a name for that. What do you call it? Where does that fall for your brain state? Mm. 
I don't have a name for that, but it's something that I do. I don't have a, a great number of things that fall into that category, so it's usually a pretty short session. But as far as brains, I, I don't have, like I say, mm-hmm. I don't have a, a name for it. I've, what, 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 what <laughs> well, some uh, consultants, they love to categorize and oh, name okay. things. And so, but I'm thinking it does feel distinctively different from some of those others. I feel like when I'm doing that, I'm in a different place than when I'm exploring or, or when I'm generating or when I'm like I'm detailing. certainly not trying to think creatively. Right. I'm, it's not detail work and that like, I'm not thinking, I mean, I could be putting my every last bit of mental energy that I have towards making sure everything's, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm at least competent enough that I can spell mm-hmm. things and form sentences. Well, and that's a, that's a skill level thing for, you know, for some people, <laughs> it, 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 it can be difficult. They have to think more harder about that. But it is sort of like things that you might even be able to do while you're listening to music that has words in it type of yeah, thing. Oh, like that that's level a great of, distinction. Right? I'm there. It, it, that happened to me. I was with <laughs> I was with my fiance and we were trying to get our addresses yeah. nailed down inside the Google Doc and collecting them from the places they came from, you know, Facebook text message deep in my email because someone emailed me their address back in the day for another social function. And then she started playing some music with words in it a little bit louder than I, I could handle it. And so I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just can't quite do this while I hear that. Yeah. If you're really in the groove, I can get you some headphones. Or it's like, oh, no, it's fine. And so, but but that is a a nice indicator there like what attention is demanded of me for something yeah now, now you mentioned it, I, I guess i would even categorize it as something that i don't have a treadmill desk but if i had a treadmill desk it'd be something that i could probably do yeah. while on a treadmill desk like if you've done any standing desk stuff i know i find that there's certain times where oh i've got to think hard about this thing i have to sit down mm, you better sit down for this yeah like no, I, yeah exactly <laughs> right you better sit down for this because now you've got, you know, say you have like an email from an angry client and you've got a process. All right. Like what's everything that's going on here? How can I mm-hmm. move this situation over? What is their perspective? You have to think hard about these things. That's not something that you're going to like handle right now and in, in two minutes necessarily. Well, you might be able to do it in two minutes if you're able to like really focus in your brain, but you're going to need a good portion of your, your mental resources to process that. Yes, I hear you. So then, so that's part of the game is just like recognizing, realizing, honoring, okay, our brain states, they kind of go differently at different times and you'll have a, a beautiful kind of synergy matchup if the task at hand is congruent, it's in, in harmony mm-hmm. with, with your brain state. But then you said the other part of the game is is changing your state. And, and I, now I hear Tony Robbins in my ears like, oh, make wow. your move, you know, anchor your state, use your body. Like, what, what is it that you do to, to make a shift in brain state? Gosh, it's something that now I feel like because I have consistency that I don't do a lot, that I don't find myself having to do a lot because I have that system down. But I know when I was writing my book, I was really my brain was really sensitive to getting into the right state. So I had certain things that I would do. One example was there might be a time when I needed to do really high level thinking. Like I'm sitting down at the keyboard, I'm trying to write a barf draft or something <clears> and I'm just, it's not happening and I'm feeling physical pain. And, and then I realized, well, I need to see the landscape better. So for me, that was, I would get a, uh, a whiteboard and I love to put the whiteboard on the floor mm-hmm. and 
you're using bigger muscles. It's taking over more of your consciousness and you're able to think high level and doing high level brainstorming on the whiteboard was something that I, f- I think of it as like almost like going for a bike ride. You're mm-hmm. pedaling up a hill and now you can see all the landscape. You can see the lay of the land. And so then when it does come time to finally do the generation work again, do that barf draft, then you can finally do it. Sometimes if I wanted to do that high level thinking, I would go to the Hancock Tower. There you in go. Chicago. You can see it. There, there's <laughs> a. Uh, oh yeah, we can. Yeah. I can. I can see it Straight right up. through the window right there now. It is. And there is. It, things have changed there a lot, but there was a, a cafe on the 95th floor, and I had a membership. I could go up whenever I wanted. And they had Wi-Fi up there, and they had tables right next to the windows. There, best view of Chicago. Something about being in a high level yeah. area was great for certain sort of sorts of creative work. And this is supported by research. You mm-hmm. know, somebody, if, if you want somebody to do accuracy work, put them in a, in a room with like low ceiling and cramped spaces. If you want somebody to think creatively, you want a high ceiling, you want like blue walls and, and oh, yeah, things. Walt Disney was big on that with his creative folk. It's like, this is like the imagination room and this is the editing room. And oh, they're really? very yeah. different vibes to the environment there. Yeah. Exactly. So thinking about those sort of things, I mean, and I would mess around with uh, supplements even like L-theanine, which is a... a, The queen uh, of the amino acids. It's an amino acid that uh, (laughs) increases your alpha wave state, which makes you sort of of calm. And so it synergizes with caffeine. So there's actually a tea called Gyokuro tea. This is a little advanced and I shouldn't even be mentioning it because it's going to make it sound like it's some sort of magic bullet we want the tactics because you still yeah you want the, everything. The, yeah get tactical here like <laughs> just drink this and you're gonna magically write a best-selling book there you go <laughs> but but Gyokuro green tea has a high level of theanine in it and theanine synergizes with caffeine in that it doesn't make you at certain mixes it doesn't make you jittery it makes you more focused and i would get sort of like a theanine buzz like hmm. if i really wanted to it was better for exploratory st- type stuff. It wasn't great for like what I would call the detail yeah. work. Better for generation work or exploration. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Those were just a few of the different, or, or going to get a massage was mm-hmm. one of the things that I would do, which I would categorize as, as, as a recharge thing. If I was really stuck and I had collected a lot of different disparate pieces and I wanted to connect them together somehow, I needed to allow myself to relax. Mm-hmm. And this is all stuff that since I've been doing a lot of reading of neuroscience books and things that I've found from much of this stuff, research supporting the, some of the things that I came up with during my process of of trying to get this book out of me. I'm going to have some fun doing some brainstorming about activities and how, where they fit in, in the groove. And so that's that's one piece is like what activities fit, what brain state I'd call it for me. And then another piece is, you know, you identified a few key drivers there, and one of them was associated with with your body and and motion with the yes. whiteboard. Uh, another key driver was like the the location, the environment. Like you're up there in the Hancock Tower, looking beholding all of Chicago. And so, it seems to me the chart I'm envisioning, and it'll probably take hours, of maybe a near a lifetime to settle in or maybe just a dozen hours that just like it's like so the the rows and the columns with like what's the brain state as maybe columns and then what are the the things associated with it as rows for your body for your environment and for maybe music or or whatnot activities that can that can trigger those those things Uh i mean i yeah there there were there were so many 
like just moving my body was one thing because I'm somebody who sits at a computer. Mm-hmm. And if you're somebody who sits at a computer all day and you're typing with your fingers, there's only so much creativity that can come out of this motion. I'm yeah, making a motion like I'm typing <laughs> or I'm clicking on a... So like going swimming was something that I found, which I'm not a great swimmer, but I made a habit of going to a pool and swimming because it is just the sensations that you end up feeling in your body are totally different from That's normally really true. And you're moving really, really big and, and taking Latin dancing lessons oh. and, <laughs> and those, <laughs> yeah, and all those, those things. So, uh, yeah, there could, you could definitely go right down the list and it could be, it could be anything for, for different people, right. you know, like, Unique. like there's a, a congruent example that I saw in The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin, who is... I love that movie, by who the, the way. The, the movie Searching Bobby F- for Bobby Fisher is, is based off of him. He had a client who... I think he would have board meetings that were very stressful. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that exact part of the story, but they worked from, all right, well, what's the time where you feel, feel most flow? And he said, well, when I'm playing catch with my son. So he eventually... He built a routine where he would play catch with his son, and then he would... I think he would listen to a, a song that he liked and then maybe there was a, a, a snack he would have and then he'd have his board being. So he'd get himself in a flow state and then he'd have these other trigger activities and then eventually he worked down to where he wasn't playing catch with his son before the board meeting because that's not necessarily practical. But then the maybe taking this, <laughs> the snack or listening to the song would help get him into the same state because those mm-hmm. things had been associated together and that became... You know, he he then became better at getting himself into the right mind state for going to that board meeting. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, so this was really juicy. You're talking about flow, brain states, working with the one you're in, or trying to to change it up. Any other quick tidbits you'd like to share about you know cutting down the noise and and, and producing more good stuff? Well, a quick tip. I think that something that people don't think about that is related to this idea of you know maybe there being a song on that has t- lyrics is earplugs <laughs> like oh, ear- yeah. earplugs are great <laughs> i use earplugs in the morning even when there's not noise for my morning creative sessions uh, so i will confess i at times will have earplugs and then noise canceling headphones on top of them yeah yeah and then just like you know instrumental focus music on top of that it's almost jarring when someone's trying to get me like, oh, oh hey, yeah, yeah. hey, what's up? <laughs> Have you ever tried uh, simplynoise.com? Simplynoise.com. No. Great. Okay. Well, they've got different types of noises. They, they have one that has a horrible name, but it works really well. It's called brown noise. And uh, it's really good at blocking out noise. And I, I find it gets me into into a oh, so state. I'm with, so it's like related to white noise. It's yeah, there's to white, block there's out. Pink. I hear you. I think brown noise is just like has more. I'm not an audio engineer, but mm-hmm. somebody told me that it's like more natural sounding. I okay, don't know. it sounds like a waterfall. Okay, really, and uh, yeah, something about that definitely helps focus inward on other the, having less stimulation. But that said, there's other times where certain types of work, the noisy cafe. Right. And being able to hear the conversations, being able to hear those things bouncing off of each other works. Now, you hear it all the time. People say, oh, well, you know, I go for a walk when I get stuck or I uh, sometimes I need to go to a cafe. But like actually getting intentional about those things and recognizing the patterns Mm -hmm. so that it's not just a thing that you can give yourself permission to do at any time instead of doing productive work. 
can go a long way to be able to use them strategically. That's great. Well, any other pieces you want to make sure you get out there before we shift gears and talk about some of your favorite things? Oh, we're going to talk about my favorite things. Oh, that's right. Fast faves. It's strap in. Well, it's going to go fast. I certainly don't want to delay (laughs) getting into that. All right. Well, let's kick it off. I know you you often mention your reading list uh, on your podcast. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask your name one. Uh, favorite book you think that uh, folks seeking to be awesome at the jobs might like? Your Brain at Work by David Rock. That is one of the just one of the first neuroscience, or I guess you could call it pop neuroscience. It's pretty technical, so maybe maybe pop neuroscience isn't quite right. Books that I read, and and uh, in it he talks about the brain. He talks about the different chemicals that that work in the brain, the different regions of the brain, the different types of thinking, and takes you through a story of different people going throughout their day and being in different situations and what's going on in their brain that helps them Mm. switch up. That's something that I found really valuable. It was like one of the first books I read after I wrote Design for Hackers, after I had gone through that trial and error experimentation of of seeing what works for me. And I've and I've found some nice tools in there to some that supported things that I had already figured out for myself, but having that uh, helps make it a little bit more real and easier to actually keep going and implement. That's good. Thank you. And how about a favorite quotation, something that as you reflect on it, you go back to it, it inspires you repeatedly? On my iPhone, you know, like I've got an iPhone 6 and uh, the problem with the iPhone 6 is it's too tall. Like I can't use my thumb to hit the top. It's a trickier as a one-hander. icons. Yeah. The top icons are really hard to get to. And so, and, and the top icons, it's supposed to be like the most important ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where I've got the very first icon on my iPhone is the Relax app because that's one of my most useful apps for relaxing. But actually above that, I have placeholder icons, which don't really go anywhere. They're just white icons. I don't, <laughs> I can't remember exactly where I, I found a place where you can just sort of make bookmarks on your home screen that go to nowhere and then and then line them up along the top. And so okay. up there, I have four icons, and it says, stay hungry, stay foolish, yeah. which is, of course, from the Steve Jobs Word. commencement address from, from Stanford, which, I mean, it feels so trite to, to quote Steve Jobs, but uh, those are it's just those words I try to keep with me, to stay hungry and, and stay foolish. That's good. And how about a favorite tool? Maybe it's the Relax app, but something you find yourself using again and again. It could be hardware, software, gadget, uh, thinking framework. I mean, it's hard to pick anything but Evernote. All right. I mean, Evernote's amazing. I know a lot of people have trouble getting started with it. There's probably a ton of people out there who are like, I tried Evernote. I couldn't get into it. My recommendation would be to start with a notebook called Inbox with a, a note called Inbox and just whenever you come up with something you want to record, just type it in there and let it be a mess. Mm-hmm. And you'll know when it's time to add a new note or to add a new notebook. And that, and I've got like stacks of notebooks as well. That relates to what we were talking about with mind states in that everything needs to have a place. Every thought that you have mm-hmm. has a place where it goes. And so sometimes if it's something that I'm thinking of that's exploratory, it's going to go in my research and development stack. Mm -hmm. And there's various research and development notebooks within there that are like things that are, okay, this is just ideas or cool things that I ran across. 
that go into these notebooks that go into this stack that maybe someday they become actual projects and they they move around. So I think that people can get intimidated by seeing how complicated and well organized some people's Evernotes or mm-hmm. whatever organization system they have are. But think of it like cell division. Just start simple. Okay, I will think of it just like cell division. <laughs> yeah, all right. Just like let things grow organically. I've seen a little software we about the cell, which it would it would grow and then divide. That was part of my Apple two uh, E uh, childhood uh, situation. Oh, there cool. was a there was like a game. Yes, yeah, like for the living cell. cell. It uh, you you had to like watch the like sodium and waste and water and oxygen levels to give it what it needed to grow and hmm. ultimately divide. We're probably going to edit this part. <laughs> I was no, I was I was a big fan of the one where you could build monsters by doing math problems. But that was like Dude, that sounds first way grade fun. level stuff. <laughs> I want to do that I right now. Building the monsters, it was an Oregon Trail, of course. <laughs> That's good. Um, also, can you share a, a favorite habit? Something that you do that really boosts your personal effectiveness. First hour rule is that the first hour of every day, very first thing, I work on the most important project at that time, and that way I immediately feel pretty good about myself. If it's a big, daunting project, I am able to make progress and still give myself permission to quit after an hour if I want to. So that's my most valuable habit. Could you tell us, is there something that when you share in your your speaking or your books or your medium or your your podcast stuff that really seems to resonate with people? They tend to share it, retweet it, take notes, Kindle book, highlight it. Is there a little David gem that you're known for? I think the the current one has got to be that productivity is about mind management, not time management. Okay. Think yeah. about the way that you're managing your mind every moment of the day and being productive will follow. Beautiful. And, and tell us, is there a key place you'd like folks to go to learn more about you and what you're up to and your stuff? Well, we have people listening to a podcast right here. So I've got to, I've got to say that my That's podcast, good. Love Your Work, is I'm, I'm loving working on it. We've got lots of great guests on there. And then uh, on, on Twitter, at Cadavy is a great place as well. That's good. I really have been enjoying your podcast. And the music, too. Is like, it just gets me in there. It's like, dun, dun. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's, uh, the album leaf yeah. from Sub Pop Records. They, it, it was great to be able to actually get permission to use that song. That's cool. And do you have a, a final a parting word or call to action or challenge for those seeking to be more, more awesome at their jobs? Yeah, I would say find, at the very least, find a block of time that you protect where you're, you're not checking email, you're not looking at Facebook. It could be 10 minutes, it can be an hour, it can be two hours, whatever your level, whatever feels like a ridiculously easy goal and just concentrate on one thing for that amount of time and build it up as you go and it'll be this virtuous cycle. Beautiful. Well, David, thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot for having me, Pete. Word. Great. Ever since that conversation with David, I have been more and more being able to identify times when my brain is in like, oh man, I'm in a shallow rapid switching, take care of business and many different fields and emails and processing mode versus, oh, I'm in a deep work mode and been able to kind of match things more effectively, such that either I'm going to try to shift my state, 
using some of those tactics, or I'm just going to roll with it and say, hey, I'm going to rearrange my plan here and work with what I've got and see some cool results by not fighting it. So hope that is also transformational for you. And again, if you want to check out those items mentioned at the show, that's over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash ep52. And if you haven't already, please punch that subscribe button because you're not going to want to miss guests like our next one, Kate Bates, who is going to share her story and pathway and pro tips on becoming the president of your organization before you're 30. She did it, and perhaps you can too. But even if you're over 30, it's certainly not too late to check that out. Enjoy it. Hope to catch you then. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. 